Welcome to the Hope Athletics Orange and Blue podcast. This is Alan Babbitt, Sports Information Director at Hope College. Uh, looking forward each week to uh, bring you interviews with uh, Hope College uh, coaches and athletics administration staff, student athletes, and others uh, that make uh, Hope Athletics uh, an exciting uh, place to be and uh, uh, an enriching place to be for uh, our student athletes and for everyone involved. Glad to have today uh, Mark Norheis. Uh, Hope College men's and women's cross-country coach and assistant uh, track and field coach who works with our distance runners. And Mark, um, you've had a, 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 a wonderful, rich uh, career as a student athlete and, uh, um, and as a coach here and educator here at Hope College, but this fall is unusual like any other. Um, how have you led your teams uh, during you know, this uh, pandemic and you know, obviously challenging time. Normally we'd be talking competitions right now. Yeah, normally we would have been been competing and most of the way through our season getting ready for the championships. And so this is a little different of a season for us. We're a goal-oriented team, and so it makes it a little tough when you don't have championships as goals. And so we had to come up with other aspects that we want to compete with. And so most of them were personal development, and then also some team development ideas and how we want to go through that. So that's the approach we took once the kids got on campus or once we knew that the season was canceled. I think throughout the summer, we were still hoping that we we're going to have a competition, at least a league competition that we could work toward that. So once we got here, we needed to sit down and talk about, okay, what are your weaknesses? What are your strengths? How can we develop those and really turn this into a learning season and a developmental season for that and again it's given us a great opportunity to bring the freshmen along slowly instead of having to rush them into competition that's been helpful but we've also thrown in some competitions in which we've we've been able to do virtual meets against um, two different groupings of schools so we're we're signed up with a group that's mostly the mid-east and the east coast schools in division three and then we also involved with a group of schools that are in primarily in the midwest but a few west coast schools as well and so we can run, you know, so we can run those meets. For instance, last week, the guys did a 5K road race, and then we just submit our times and compare them to other schools. And so we can score things out that way. And we've also done, you know, repeat miles or, you know, 5Ks and a variety of other things with the women. So it's a, a lot of different things we could do. So the kids get a little fired up for it. And, um, but it's not the same as throwing on the jersey and, and, and traveling, you know, 10 hours to go to a meet and have fun. So. Uh, those virtual meets, how did they come about? How do you find someone to go race against virtually? Well, in the day and age uh, that we're in now, electronics is pretty easy. When everybody hears that you're canceled, you say, hey, anybody want to race us in a different capacity? You know, we've there's been a history of our swim team having to do a few meets because of bad weather, doing it virtually last year. I think they, they did a meet, a quad meet was done that way. And so this has been done in the past. Um, oftentimes you would mail in your times, you know, back in the old, back in the old last millennium is when we would do that. But now it's, it's pretty easy. We have a couple of days to do it. We can email in our results and it works out real well. So just with a simple networking and the, you know, sort of the mail serve that we have out there among coaches, it's pretty easy to, to compile some meets. With having at least that kind of competition, obviously, unfortunately, cross country is unique compared to the fall sports where, because of the overlap with track and field, you know, you can't just move it to the spring and, and have a full season because you got, you know, th those teams that, as well that are hopefully going to be competing. How did you deal with that aspect? Was that talked about much? Because, I mean, that's, I mean, it just kind of breaks my heart because your season's actually 
not happening. There'll be maybe a possibility to run a race in the MIAA field day, but it won't be like, uh, you know, a, a season per se. How have you guys handled that emotionally? That I would imagine that had to be tough. It is um, because these kids, like you said, we have some that miss the indoor track nationals. We were at nationals, it got canceled. Then we lose the whole track season. And now we lose the whole cross country season and the seniors won't get a chance to run cross country. You know, seniors in the other fall sports will have us their ability to do that sport in the spring. Cross country will not. Um, D3 has decided to cancel cross country championships. And so that makes it very difficult for us. Um, for kids who really run cross country and use track to get ready for cross country. And so that's, that's been things that we're having to, to work through. We, like I said, we're, we're trying to give them the best opportunities we can and still have some of that team experience, but we, you, you miss out on it. And so we need to talk about, there's some things in life you miss out on. And this is one of them. And so, you know, how can, how can we make the best of each day that we have and the opportunities that we have when we, when we know we have them? I think that's the approach we take and realize that, life is going to throw you some curveballs. How do you, what's a, the other uh, part we talk about? What's that? Mark. Yeah. The other part we talked about was, you know, and I tell every recruit when they come here that our goal is, you know, you need to choose a school, not just, not just for the sport. And so you need to be happy at the school, even if you can't do that sport. And this is it's a prime time to have to figure that one out and, and realize that that's, that can be a challenge sometimes. And that's what we're working our way through and, and how can we do it? So we have most of the kids here that are happy about, I mean, can, can work their way through their educational process and that's what they're able to do. They can, get, they can get settled in the academics first and have a good foundation to feel good about that part. Because as a freshman, you really have a lot of stressors and this just removes one of the stressors from them that they can train, but not have to worry about the travel stress and the comp competitive stress that goes with it. So it might be helpful for them to adapt to college. What's a, what's a weekly training schedule like for you guys right now uh, as you, you know, prepare and, and build that up? What, what do you, you know? Uh, we are still going through um, with these virtual meets. I've accepted meets for sort of what our normal schedule would be because my goal is to have them to get as close to it as possible. And so with the exception of being able to do a virtual national meet, the NCAA won't let us do that because then we have to use our eligibility. Um, but we'll continue to have meets on those similar weekends that we would throughout October and November. And that's what we're, we're planning to do. So we're still training Monday through Friday, Monday through Saturday and giving us opportunities just to do that. So without the, tr without the travel stress. So we're trying to maintain everything as normal as possible. Who are uh, some of the, you know, talk about your teams and maybe some of the, the runners, um, some of the top runners and also some of the, you know, your leadership. Obviously, that's critical for any team to have, you know, student athletes, uh, you know, participate in the, in the leadership part of a team to help motivate. So it's not just the coach motivating. Who, who are some of the runners that have, you know, have uh, helped you guys uh, this fall? Well, on the men's side, we have our two captains are Zach Murphy. Uh, from Coldwater, Michigan, and then Nick Hoffman from Holland, Michigan. Both excellent leaders. They've been really working with the young guys through this time, helping them understand what, that whole, what the whole process is and just coming alongside, doing the, the extra things outside of a practice that we can do. So some of the team camaraderie type of things, um, helping to lead some of the strength work, some of the core work and so on before, and just leading in the workouts. And we don't have to worry about quite as much about getting themselves ready. They can help to, to nurture the young guys along 
so that they can help to understand what the whole process is. And I think that's been an important component for that. So we've got some, some good young guys that came in and just what needed to be able to increase their mileage and, and get ready for a five-mile race instead of a three-mile race. And so how do we do that? And so those two guys, Zach and, and Nick, have been very helpful in working our way through that. And then seeing how the other guys just really developed. They ran an awful lot of miles this summer. And I think when we combined it together, we were well over 60,000 miles as a team. And so that's a lot of miles, a few times around the earth that we ran. And so they, they came in ready to, ready to go. And it was, a, it was because of these two guys, the leadership that really helped to bring them along. On the women's side, uh, our three captains, Jacinda Cole, uh, Claire Muckian, and Brooke Truskowski, um, all very good leaders for us. And they are people who have who've been there, have developed throughout the program, and you know been with us for four years. And so that's, again, someone who can, who can help to develop. They, they were really looking forward to being captains and all that goes with, with leading a team. And it's, it gets a little difficult, especially on the women's side, where we're restricted, where we can't have as many people together at one time. And so missing out on team camp and those kind of things, we've had to have some creative ways of, of doing, instituting some of the team culture. And they have been very good at helping institute the team culture in that way. And then obviously last year, I mean, you guys continued your run on the women's side, uh, you know, another MIAA championship. What is it about the women's team that it's just really uh, obviously elevated, um, you know, uh, to elite status and, and, and continue that? It's maybe easy to have uh, one team or two teams, you know, be really good, but then to maintain it over a longer period of time is more challenging. What What is – what have you seen from the women's team that that tradition has really, uh, really started to hit its stride? You know, I, I think it's just the, the continual belief in what we're doing. And, you know, obviously we're getting great athletes in, and that's really helpful, great student athletes. And they just believe that they can continue to help each other along. So we really emphasize the team component of how can you encourage your teammate along? How can you help them to run faster? And then how can you allow your teammates to help you become faster? And so that's, that's really the big thing. It's, it's the challenging each other every day to become better in some capacity of their life. And that's really the secret to it is they're continuing to grow in a lot of different aspects. And so there's, it's just, they come in believing and they really get nurtured into that program. So it's, they come in expecting it as well. I think sometimes if you expect it and you believe in it, then you can make better things happen. And that's, that's what we're really trying to do. I know when you have large teams, uh, it's uh, helpful to have some great assistant coaches that uh, help you so you can connect with everyone and, and work together. Um, I know you, you do with your staff, with uh, Brian and Phil, just talk about those two and what, they bring to your team as you, you know, coach uh, our runners here? You know, Brian's been with me for, I think, 23 years now. He was a runner for us for a few years. And he works with kids on a daily basis. I mean, he's a teacher at a local high school and just really understands, understands people. And that's really the big thing that he brings to programs, just really helping that, that team cohesiveness, understanding how to, to work together, and just encouraging that side. Um, He's very good with, with helping me with recruiting, identifying local talent, and that's really what he does. And he's just, just a good stalwart, just to having that continuation, knowing you know, we, we can do things and we don't have to worry about asking each other. We just, we just know what has to be done and it gets done. And that's what's, I think that's a secret to a longevity of a program is having coaches that can just do it and feel comfortable in that. 
Phil, who is in his own right, a very good head coach and left being a head coach to come in to help us as an assistant coach. Again, understanding that, that process this fall, I turned over the middle distance training to him. Um, that's one of his areas of specialty. And so we took some of the kids instead of training them for a four mile race, you know, or eight, six K race for the women's side, we said, let's just really develop the middle distance runners because we graduated four, four, our four scores in the 800 last year on the women's side and some of our top guys. And so let's just really develop their leg speed and really develop the speed side. So Phil's taken over that aspect this fall for some of that training. And then we also brought in um, Avery Lowe, who uh, some of you would remember her that she just recently got the postgraduate scholarship from the NCAA, but she's still in town and she's helping us and, and really nurturing, helping to work with the, the younger women and helping them understand just that whole transition to what's going going on to the program. So it's nice to have a female around the program and to working with that crew. And I forgot to mention their uh, full names when I did them. I'm comfortable just talking about Brian and Phil, but Phil Jones and Brian Van Zanten uh, are the uh, assistant coaches that do a great job. And we're glad to, glad to certainly have them, uh, have them on our team and uh, grateful, grateful for all the work uh, that they do. Uh, Mark, uh, you know, with, um, uh, I talked to earlier in this uh, podcast uh, series to Becky Schmidt, uh, a postgraduate scholarship winner herself, uh, had a terrific student-athlete career, and then has uh, spent the majority of her coaching career at Hope, uh, a life full of hope. And it's very similar for you. You were a very accomplished student-athlete here, and then have been now a very accomplished uh, educator and coach here at Hope. What has Hope College meant to, to Mark Nordheis? You know, I got to go back to my days of, of choosing a college myself and opportunities to run Division One, And I didn't think I could handle Ann Arbor as an 18-year-old back in the day. 70s, it was a pretty crazy time. And I chose Hope because of what I could do academically, athletically, and spiritually. And that's the whole reason why I chose to come back to Hope to teach. And that's really why I love being at Hope and why I, I, what I want to, you know, pass on to the student-athletes for the next generations. Um, it's neat. Now I get to coach second generations of, of people that I coached when I first got here. So says so a little bit about my age, but on the other hand, it, I guess the longevity as well, but that's, that's the reason why I love being here. It's just the, the opportunities, the mission that hope has, and then just the opportunity every day to be able to work with student athletes of the quality that we have and be able to interact with them in that way. So I love it. Obviously the opportunities to, to, to work, not just on your athletics, but on your, um, you know, academics as well. I think none of that was more evident than your research this summer with Anna Tucker, mm -hmm. obviously a very accomplished freshman runner last year for Hope uh, and was on one of those that was on her way to run at Indoor Nationals when they were unfortunately canceled. Uh, talk about your work with her this summer and that, you know, as she said, one of the reasons she picked Hope was that she was going to be able to have that and not maybe be pigeonholed into one thing, but she could enjoy her variety of her interest and we're seeing that flourish with here in her short time yeah she's you know as I mentioned in the article with that Eva Dean wrote was that Anna is a, a very very renaissance type of woman she has so many interests um, things that I didn't even know that she had but she's really allowed that to blossom but the one neat thing that we have here at Hope is the ability to do research with our students and our student athletes uh, I think we had 25 on campus or doing summer research last 
last summer off our team. So it flourishes on our team. We have many science majors, but even non-science majors. With Anna, we had hoped to do some more research work with uh, our new Boost treadmill, um, an anti-gravity treadmill, but because of being limited of doing in-person participants, we end up doing uh, more of a, a conglomeration of some research that, that I've done with students in the past and then looking at a, an analysis of that data for toward running economy, um, looking to see what helps to make runners faster and being able to, to improve over time. And so that's, that's the work that Anna and I did this summer and doing some lit review on that and then analyzing the data from, from previous research. So she was able to write a paper on that. She'll do a presentation next spring on that. Um, but it was, it's a great opportunity for her to learn and grow. She learned an awful lot about what goes into training and how to make someone faster. But another component that she did in, in research, she was also working with Dr. Kirk Brummels and Dr. Kevin Cole on, on helping to develop a lab manual for their human anatomy class. So she was doing the drawings for that human anatomy class. So she has a very art ability to draw the human body. And so that's, just, that's one of her minors. Even though she's going to science major, she's gonna go with a, an art minor. And so she can combine those two. So she had an opportunity to do both of those things this summer, working in, in conjunction with three different professors. From when you first started coaching to now, obviously some of the things we've learned has changed. Some of the resources that we have now has changed. But it is being a, a coach and a teacher today the same core as it was, you know, when you first started or, or has it developed? What, what, what's different now or what's the same? Well, um, one, my family is older and I'm not, I don't have five little ones running around um, where you're, where you're concerned about that. But I always had a fan club with me. So that was, that was one side, but no, I, you know, I, I think some things have changed in that we're no longer doing dual meets in the conference. You know, we're down to just doing one meet to determine the whole conference championship, which, you know, like it or not like it, that's just the way it is. So you have to adapt your training. You know, we used to race at least once a week, sometimes twice a week in the conference. And now we race at most once a week, usually, you know, five times during a whole season. And so there's a lot of, there's some of those adaptations we had to make that we had to do, we had to adjust to based on what the competition our league and competition nationally we're doing. I think that's the biggest change over. Um, human body hasn't really changed. Some of our, a little bit of our knowledge of, of coaching has changed, but not that much that, that we're cha changing our training that much. We're trying to adapt it and, and work with it, but for the most part, I think the biggest thing that's, that's affected our program would be instituting the indoor track season. That now you have another conference championship thrown in the middle so how do you mix that in with with people and and how do you how do you how do you work three different championships throughout a whole school year and that's that's I think the toughest challenge for us and so it's become a we start in August and we finish at the end of May and that's so we have a 10 month 10 month season essentially that's going on and how do we adapt it to the different races so are are student athletes the same uh, or are they different? Is it different? What, what, what are the differences with coaching now um, that you found or added? I obviously the human body hasn't changed much, but um, you, know. you know, we've always had, we've always had outstanding student athletes, um, scholar athletes, really um, wanting to go on to graduate school and so on. But I think the emphasis on doing research, even during the school year has really ramped up at Hope College. 
And so some of those demands on the students has really made a difference. And then I think the other component that's come into play would be because we've become, as you mentioned, you know, more of a national level team, we travel a little bit more nationally. And so instead of just traveling to Olivet or to Alma, it's a little bit further to go to Kentucky, Wisconsin, you know, and so on. And so it makes it a little bit more difficult than some of the traveling schemes and then how do we do it. Having the nice travel buses, having internet on the bus, all those kind of things have helped us to, to make that adaptation to missing classes and so on. Well, good. Well, it's been good to chat with you, uh, Mark. Thank you very much. We're looking forward to hopefully, fingers crossed, uh, you know, seeing some competitions here next semester uh, with your runners and uh, whether in indoor track and field, outdoor track and field, and then looking forward to cross country season this fall. Then, then school year doesn't feel right unless the Vanderbilt Invitational is run. Uh, and so we're looking forward to having that, uh, seeing that race again. So thank, thanks for uh, visiting uh, Orange and Blue podcast today, Mark. Thank you very much.